It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. Have you ever stood staring at an opportunity and for whatever reason you were afraid to move forward and then maybe something or someone standing nearby uh, gave you the courage to take that step? Maybe you were uh, in line at an amusement park as a teen with some of your friends and you were terrified to get onto that roller coaster. But because of the coaxing and because of the kind of heckling of those around you, you went ahead and got on it anyway. Maybe you loved it, maybe you hated it, but you did it. Or maybe it was that high dive at the swimming pool as a kid where, you know, that was the real test of, of manhood or courage was to get up and take the leap from that highest dive. And, and you just couldn't seem to find your way up the ladder. Or maybe you would get up the ladder and you would just kind of stand and they're staring and then time after time you'd head back down the ladder until that day maybe the encouragement or whatever it might be of those around you gave you that courage to take that leap and to jump into the water that's what the disciples really needed here in this chapter of Luke in, in, in chapter 23 which is really the chapter that gives us the detailed account about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ But it's not the crucifixion that I want to talk about this morning. It's what came as a result of the crucifixion. And you look down in verse number 46, and it says, When Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And having said this, he he gave up the ghost. He took his last breath. So we're jumping into the story here in verse 46 at the end. After Jesus had faced the trials after he had endured the punishment and the scourging, after he had spent the long half day hanging on the cross. And he comes to that last saying and that last moment on the cross, and he takes that last breath and he gives up the ghost and he dies having laid down his life. Well, when that took place here, Luke gives us accounts of three different perspectives of onlookers that were there in that moment when Jesus died. First, you have the centurion in verse 47. It says, when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God saying, certainly this was a righteous man. Now for the centurion, this Roman pagan to say that Jesus was a righteous man, at least what he was saying is that he was a good man. It was saying basically that I've watched this guy and I don't know how long the centurion was there. We know he was there at the cross the moment Jesus died, but maybe he was part of the detachment that had been with Jesus throughout that morning of his trials. But what was his conclusion when it came to the end? This guy did not deserve to die. This guy was not guilty. This guy was innocent. You know, you have another account where he says this was the son of God. Why? Jesus claimed to be that. So this guy is basically saying he's not guilty of what he was put to death for. So you have this bold statement of this centurion that seems to be coming to faith in Christ, Um, maybe not saving faith, but definitely a bold statement of, you know, defense of Jesus Christ and who he was. And then the next verse, Luke talks about kind of the majority of the crowd. He said, and all the people that came together to that site, beholding the things that were done, says they beat on their chest and they went away, they returned. Now you have the main group here, it seems, at the cross that now have buyer's remorse. 
These are the ones that had cried, crucify him, crucify him, put him to death, put him to death. And were really manipulated by the religious leaders into this because, man, just a little bit a week earlier, they were the ones saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And now that same group, the day of the crucifixion, are crying, crucify him, crucify him. Just a kind of a fickle group, a manipulated group. Isn't that where most people fall today? Man, most people are just following kind of the crowd and the moment. But in the end, where were they? Man, they were ashamed. They were defeated. They're beating on their chest, this sign of, of remorse. Man, they're kind of double thinking what they had done and now how they really didn't believe Jesus died. And I hope to believe that these were those that were among the thousands who believed on Jesus on the day of Pentecost when Peter preached. And, and in this time of waiting between the crucifixion and, and Pentecost, that they had been, you know, coming to a conviction and a deeper kind of understanding that, that Jesus was truly the Son of God and maybe thinking, if I ever have the chance again to believe in Him, man, I would do it if God would give me a chance. But you got this group, uh, kind of the buyer's remorse group. But then you got the third group and, that Luke mentions, and that's the ones I really want to talk about. It's the companions of Christ. And it says in verse 49, all His acquaintances, those who knew Him, those who were with Him, and the women that followed him from Galilee says they stood at a distance looking at these things. The centurion, the pagan saying, hey, this guy didn't deserve to die. The rest of them, man, buyer's remorse, walking away, beating their chest. But then you have his friends. You have us. You have the believers in Christ, those who knew him. But you know what? They're not standing right there at the cross, amening the centurion. They're not walking away with the crowd had yelled crucified. Luke says they're just standing there at a distance. They're just kind of stuck in this kind of in-between world, not, not boldly proclaiming, not running away, just kind of frozen in the middle, afraid to jump off the diving board, just not ready to get on the roller coaster. They're just there at a distance watching in the middle, Yet it's amazing because this same tepid group of followers later in the book of Acts would turn the world upside down in their boldness of proclaiming Jesus Christ. So what happened? Man, who got them to jump off the diving board? And what caused them to go ahead and get onto the roller coaster? What caused them to become bold proclaimers of Christ when in this moment, when they could have displayed their greatest loyalty to him, they just kind of sat there caught in the middle? And, you know, when you, when you read ahead a little bit, you can see a couple of things. In the next chapter in um, Luke chapter 24, at the end of this chapter, it talks about how the women prepared spices for the body of Jesus. They were going to anoint him. Chapter 24, they go to the tomb on resurrection morning and Christ isn't there. He rose again. And Luke tells the account of the women that were so excited about this. And they ran. And it talks about in verse 9 how they ran back to the other believers and boldly proclaimed he's risen. And then there's two guys walking down the road with Jesus later in the chapter in verse 22. They refer back to these women. So the resurrection gave them a measure of boldness. Their beliefs caused them at least not to stand in the middle when it came to being around other Christians. You know, sometimes it's easier for us to, to give a testimony and a boldness about Jesus when everyone else around us believes just like we do, right? And, and, we, and we love it when we're kind of in that 
seat on the airplane and we got to be on this long journey. And through conversation, we realize the person next to us is a Christian. And man, we love that because now we can be at ease about our faith. And now we share this common joy. Well, our beliefs can do that. But that wasn't what carried them on to being bold proclaimers of Christ like we see throughout the book of Acts. It was not their beliefs alone. It's what Jesus told them would come at the end of chapter 24 when he was walking on that road to Emmaus. Jesus said in verse 49 at the end of the, uh, Luke's account, he said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed. You're endued with power from on high. You see, it wasn't their beliefs in and of themselves that made them bold proclaimers of Christ. It was the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit within them. That's the answer. That's the one who got them on the roller coaster. That's the one that caused them to dive off the deep into the deep end of the pool, off the high dive. That's who made them not just bold proclaimers of Christ, but those who willingly died for Christ. It's because the Holy Spirit had come upon them. Jesus had taught about it the night before his crucifixion, um, John chapter 14, 15, and 16. He had promised them to tarry or to wait, and the promise of the Father would come. Throughout the Old Testament, the Father had promised that the day would come when the Spirit of God would fall on all believers, not just special ones, not just kings and priests, but sons and daughters and young men and old men and maids and servants. And you know, on the day of Pentecost, all that was fulfilled. And the Spirit of God was poured out on that day on all believers, not just certain believers like in the Old Testament. And all believers were filled with the Spirit. And man, that's what launched them into this boldness of living for Christ. Now, I don't think we have to stand around as believers today and beat our chest and beg for the Holy Spirit to come. Actually, that would be unscriptural because the Holy Spirit has already come. The promise has already been given. And you see it taking place on the day of Pentecost there at Jerusalem. Then you see it at the next level being manifest there at, at, to the Samaritans. And then you see it being poured out to the Gentiles in Acts chapter 10. And you know what? You see this permanence and this indwelling of the Spirit. So the question would be, if at the moment of our salvation we receive the Holy Spirit and He makes us Christ, why don't we immediately have this boldness as well? You see, that's the difference between receiving the Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. See, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're controlled by the Spirit. And one of the great evidences of the presence of the Spirit and His filling in our life is that we have a boldness to speak for Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit's the one that made them bold proclaimers of Christ, willing to die for Him, willing to get in the front seat of the roller coaster, willing to jump off of the high dive. And so the principle is, that, so that's then, but what about now? What about us? What about you and me? We love Jesus. We know Jesus. But if we're honest, far too often we're standing at a distance, not boldly proclaiming him, not running away from him, but we're just kind of there. Hey, when we get to church and we're around other Christians, yeah, we, we get excited about Jesus and we'll share our faith. But when we're out there in the no man's land of the world, man, that's when we're, we're not denying him. We're just not boldly proclaiming him. We're just standing there at a distance. We need exactly what these followers of Jesus needed. They needed the Holy Spirit. You see, they needed the Holy Spirit, the one who has come as promised to fill us, 
So, I mean, you can pray and you can ask for that filling. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But the reality is the promise has already been given to us. It's really a matter of receiving the promise and accepting the promise. Um, It's to tarry for him, to yield ourselves to him, um, to wait for him. Really, it's just to surrender to him. And I think so often the promise is we don't stop to consider our relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And we don't begin our day with an acknowledgement of our need for power, our need for boldness. And, you know, instead of consciously yielding ourselves to him and being clothed with that power from on high, man, we just go out the door clothed in our own strength, clothed in our own knowledge and beliefs of Jesus, but not being filled by the Spirit. So the word for today is this. Don't stay caught in the middle in your relationship with Jesus. Yield yourself to him and to the Holy Spirit today and experience the boldness that he desires for you to have in your witness for him. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.